sorry. Sorry, we're going, we're going streaking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody! Come on, Snoop! Snoop a loop! Snoop a No, it's cool, it's cool. I'm cool. Bring, bring your green hat. Let's go. Come on, everybody! We're going! Here we go. Yeah, I know, but like. Man, man. It just feels like just like I just hit record. Well, it's a very old school, um, like methodology, and I could have this wrong, but yeah, the so with like reel to reel, um, the play button would literally just start turning the reels, like that was its job, and the record button would, I think either like turn on the electrode or like lower the, um, not the, like the magnetic, uh, piece onto the tape, um, and start bringing sound in. So when you would go to record, you would hit record first and then you would start the reels. Oh, okay. Well, you're smart. Um, that's pretty interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. You're welcome. Hello and welcome to our podcast. Um, Oh hi! Welcome. <laughs> it's always did, something. Did you uh, did you find that spider yet? No, I didn't, and it's killing me. Honestly, you know what's... I, it, uh, what? No, no, nothing. Go. I just don't like when you see a spider in your house and then you don't see it. Like you see it, I I saw it, I got up, and then I didn't see it again. Mm-hmm. And now, now I just go through this like. Oh, it's downstairs in my basement and I'm recording and I'm not going to be paying attention and it's going to be on my leg listening to our podcast and we're not getting credit for the listen because it's a spider. And then I go to, oh, it's in my daughter's dollhouse and she's going to find it tomorrow and it's going to bite her (laughs) and like all this stuff and she's going to turn into spider girl. Like, I don't, I don't know. Do you like spiders? I don't, yeah. I don't love being around them, but I also like if they're there, it's like whatever. Um, but have you yeah. have you ever been around like non New England spiders? Oh, you mean like real spiders? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> didn't you? I, I was in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say either Mexico. Didn't you live in Texas for a while? Yeah, I lived in Texas for a while, but they don't have like. I'm sure they have spiders, but they weren't, they weren't spider. Like I didn't really consciously see many spiders in Texas. Okay. Um, but when I was in Mexico, we were going on an excursion and we were all in a van going to a underwater or like underground, like sea cave, not sea caves, but they were caves, but you went in water. I don't know. And they the the van stopped in the middle of the road. So think about this. We're driving down a dirt road and a van stops and we can all see way up ahead something crossing the road, an animal crossing the road. <laughs> and we were like, oh, it's an animal crossing the road. And the driver was like, oh, it's a crab, it's a crab, it's a crab, which no, it's not. We're not near the anywhere near the ocean. Mm-hmm. And so... He was like, oh, I'm just kidding. It's a spider. And we were like, yeah, right. No, it was a tar- it was like a tarantula on friggin' steroids. It was the biggest spider I've ever seen in my entire life. Big enough where the van stopped to let it cross the road. It could have been a um it could have been a banana spider. Have you ever seen those? I don't know if Mexico no, has I don't them. Want I know. To. So I, I came across them in the Dominican Republic and mm. it's a spider where, first of all, half of our audience has tuned out because even like talking about mm-hmm. spiders, I think triggers people's like fight or flight, but it, the body of it is probably about the size of, uh, you know, those like mini soda cans. Yes. Yeah. So like that's probably like the length and roughly the size of the body and then the legs on it extend out like if I make my hand as big as possible from like my pinky to my thumb like are yeah. like the legs they're they're enormous. That's um, too big. It's too big. So 
my two I have two spider stories. Both oh, have you to do. both have to do yeah with my time on um uh the island there of of Haiti and the Dominican Republic, which name Ooh. the name of that island is escaping me. I want to say Hispaniola, but I don't think that's it. Anyways, so we went to Haiti in ninety nine, and we we were out. We were doing a work project, and then we came back to the compound that we were staying in, and the showers were just all like tile construction, but there there's no glass in the windows, and it's it's actually mm. pretty common for there not to be glass in windows. Um, so then you know, taking a shower to and like turn around, and there's just a tarantula on the back wall, just standing there. And I'm like, I don't think it's possible to be any more vulnerable than like being in a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would like, say no. I'd yeah. say you're at the most vulnerable state. Oh, being like consciously vulnerable. Um, and so I just kind of stood there and it like, I could have sworn I heard like the good, the bad and the ugly playing like, do, 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 wow, wow. And I was like, what do you want to do? And the thing, like, I swear, like, like an animal, it like looked and then just like slowly walked out the window. Like, not like insect behavior, which always seems really erratic. It was very like, right. that thing was thinking about it. I see it. you. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, see, I see you. I see you multiple I'm, times. I'm, I'm um, gonna leave. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then the next time we were in the DR, we had, I had seen banana spiders like on the wall and stuff. Um, and then one, of, one of like our last nights there, um, by this point we had seen a few, uh, I was again in the bathroom. Uh, and this time, you know, I was, we'll just say sitting on the throne, if you will. And you I will. went to, went to go get some, uh, toilet paper and there was a banana spider just chilling. And I'm like, and at this point I'm like, bro, you gotta go. Like, on the roll? <laughs> He he had like one leg on the roll, and the rest was kind of no, like no, on no, the no. wall. And nope. <laughs> but like this point, I was like, God, come on, get out of here! Like, <laughs> shoot. See, that would make me never go to the Dominican Republic again, legitimately. Well, I've never been back, so maybe maybe it's the same. So maybe it did. You know, it's interesting is that um, I'm not going to sleep tonight because there's a live spider crawling around in my house somewhere. The only thing freakier is house centipedes. Oh, yeah, okay. Are you familiar with those? I mean, I centipedes that live in your house? Yeah, but they're not like yeah. ooh, at at a at an apartment we lived in, there was house centipedes and they're almost like clear or translucent, um, but very very light ugh. in color and they're like 1 to 2 inches long, but the only part of them that has much color are the legs. So it's like all you can see is like brown like little brown legs, like, and they, they fly across like carpets and stuff. And they, they tend to come out when it's dark. So it's great. Cause you'll be watching television and by the light of the TV, you'll just see something go across the carpet and it's like, Oh, get, stop it. And they're so just like evil looking, but it turns out that they eat spiders. So oh, I got to get some of those. So my wife who is getting better, but she hates spiders. Um, yeah. Most of the time, if I, you know, from across the house, if I hear the old bear, it means there's a spider afoot. Um, so yeah, we had a love hate mm. relationship with the house centipedes. I understand. <laughs> I have a hate relationship with all insects and arachnids for the most part. Indeed. Speaking of which, interestingly enough, one of my interesting facts is spider related by coincidence. I was about to say, there's no Slump. way we had a segue out of this, but you're telling me. I, I didn't, th I didn't think so easy either, but <laughs> I have an e, I have a really easy one. Oh, okay. What is it? So on, so on February 5th, 2016, a new species of black tarantula that lives near Folsom prison, California was named after Johnny Cash. It was named Afonopelma Johnny Cashi, and it was among 14 new tarantula species from the southern United States, which were described by biologists in a journal, 
zoo keys. So like this spider knew that I had this fact for you today. And he was like, hey, I'm going to give you an easy little intro. So thank he, you, Mr. Spider. Yeah, he was he was uh, he was there for the shout out. Um, so Johnny Cash has a spider named after him. Yeah, and something that I just happened to know is that Gary Larson has some sort of flying insect named after him that was discovered in like Africa or something. Do you know who Gary Larson so is? Weird. I don't. He was the cartoonist behind the Far Side comics. Oh, okay. And he, yeah, like there was some biologists, in insectologists, uh, bug bug nerds that, yeah, I forget they were like either corresponding or something, but yeah, they sent him a letter saying that you like, hey, we like your comics. We've officially named this new species of bug after you, and something similar. It was like the yada yada Larsenai Garius or whatever. Yeah, that's so funny. So. Aphonopelma Johnny Cashi. So there you go. New species of black tarantula near Folsom Prison, California. Oh, I see what they did because Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah. It makes sense now. It didn't make sense before. Oh my gosh. Of course it did. I'm just kidding. (laughs) We need to imagine that. We need to get recording in person again because this is not. I know. And we need to get video for everybody. That's cool. Um, Okay, so I have two more facts for you. Oh, okay. February 3rd, 2010. And I want to get your opinion on this, sort of. So um, <laughs> do you know who Brian, do you know Brian Johnson, ACDC? I do. Okay. So apparently there was a big group of critics that Brian Johnson kind of joined up with, um, targeting particularly Bono and Bob Geldof. Do you know who Bob Geldof is? No. I didn't either. He is a singer, uh, an Irish singer. So I don't know. Oh, is he now? Yeah, that's all I know about Bob Geldof. So, um, but he was, so he was criticizing Bono and Bob Geldof about their overly public announcing of their charity work. Hmm. So, what, so at their concerts, they would talk about the things that they do for charity and they would encourage other people to be charitable with their time and with their money and so on and so forth. And it ties into like the whole artists using their stage to promote what they believe in or what they feel, which fine. Um, but I thought it was interesting, the, the quote that I read that he said about this instance. So he said that when I was a working man, I didn't want to go to a concert for some bastard to talk down to me and tell me what I should do with my time and my money. You make way more money than I do. Piss off, mate. Was his, was the quote Mm -hmm. that that, that's a quote. So I want your opinion on two things. Number one, how do you feel about like, Bono and Bob Geldof and these guys talking about the charity work and all that at a concert as a concert participant and then B do you feel like Johnson's quote was out of line or do you have no opinion on the matter um so my first thought is that if I'm ever like with Bono as a concert participant things are going pretty yeah, well we problems um so <laughs> yeah i heard you say that and went uh, anyways um uh, so i don't oh man this is funny so i i don't disagree with the sentiment okay fair but, enough but i also think that if you have celebrity status, then it kind of only really makes sense if there are causes that you believe in to promote those using your, your popularity. Sure. Um, you know, cause you're just gonna, it, it's, it's going to be more money. It's going to be more awareness. It's going to be, of course. you know, potentially 
you know, is Habitat for Humanity as big as it is without Jimmy Carter behind it, right? So probably not. Yeah. Um, and so I don't mind the uh, celebrity. I have a cause. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like it when it feels. Hmm. I guess I don't really care. Good. Yeah. No, that's perfect. No, no, no. I, I was going to say I don't like it when it feels like like something happened and, and then all of a sudden every celebrity is. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I, I, but then I was yeah. like, well, I guess I don't really care because it's the same thing. Like if there's, you know, a natural disaster, then that's one thing. You know what popped into my head? It, <laughs> I think it was the football season after um, Ray Rice, like just – you know, did what he did in an elevator. Um, oh, right. Yeah. And if you don't know that story, you can find out more at your local library. So, um, <laughs> but like that season, you have all these football players coming on and talking about how like, you know, it, it's, it's time, like it's time to stop abuse or something like that. And it's like, right, right, right. Eh, okay. You know, yes, yeah, obviously right. that's a yeah. good message yet yeah, right now. Um, yeah, <laughs> I see what you're saying though. No, I mean, yeah, so that sense. I don't love that, but I don't have a problem with someone like Bono, um, and, and other Irish singer saying, Hey, you know, we have these causes that we believe in. Um, I think Bono does okay, a lot cool. with like wells in Africa or something, right? I think he does the water. Yes, he does. Thing. Yeah. Water. But thing. at the, so, but the, um, and I'm totally blanking because I'm only thinking Angus Young. Who who was it that had that said this? Oh, Brian Brian Johnson. Brian, Brian Johnson. Johnson. Thank you. Jeez. Um, the the sentiment. So we went to a concert, Kate, Emma, and myself last year, and the it was a Christian concert. Um, but it was groups that Emma and and Kate really like. But it was at the Garden. You know, TD Gadden. So it's like, all right, yeah, hey, big venue. All right, let's have fun. And we don't go out that often, um, especially not to something like a concert where, you know, you're dropping, you know, decent money, three people to go there, plus travel and everything. So the sentiment of like, don't, you know, I'm I'm here to be an attendee of this concert. Like, I've already invested money in me being here. Um, So the opening act comes out and played all of three songs and then it wasn't even like the whole band it was like four people they came out played three songs i'm not going to get the times right but let's just say the concert started at eight yeah they they were done by like 8 15 they leave and this other guy comes out oh no first first they leave then then they play a video, which is like advertising some college that is like seven minutes long. And it's like, eh, like, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, this other guy comes out and he's like, hey, are we having fun tonight? And people are cheering. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> I'm having a horrible time right now. I'm, and Kate like had to tell me to shush a few times because I don't know if you know this, but in real life I can be quite loud. And we were sitting like right at the edge of the, not the lower bowl that goes like ice level, but like that next section up. Um, sure. So like it, people could hear me. <laughs> so, sure. So he's like, Hey, you know, we, um, it, we we're trying to um rate are you familiar with with the Gideon Bibles like if you've ever been in a hotel and there's a bible that's like in yeah. the drawer typically that was a that was a organization called i think the Gideons it was something similar where they're like hey we're trying to translate the bible into all these languages and and okay fine like i'm fine with your cause but they put up like a QR code and said we're taking donations tonight and we're trying to hit this certain number. And it wasn't anything small. I think it was something like $70,000. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And they're like, so, you know, come on and like, you know, donate what you feel, blah, blah, blah. And here's what we're doing and all this. And here's what it goes to. And it went on for like a half an hour. And so it got to the point where the opening act comes out at eight. They're done at 8.15. Then there's this weird commercial for like a college. So now we're at like 8.25. And then this jabroni comes out and like basically like trying to get people to give money no music is playing. It's literally just a guy out on the stage just mm-hmm. talking. There's not even roadies setting up for the next set. Like the next set, the the stage was already set up during the video. Yeah. And and so I not, just think it, you didn't I didn't what? I just don't think you realized you bought tickets to a fundraising concert. Don't, like <laughs> And then, like, the headliner didn't come out until, like, nine-something, which, like, I know I'm demonstrating how old I am, but, like, there was a solid 45 minutes from the last time music was played until the next time music was played at a concert. Yeah, that's no good. I don't like that. Oh, Oh, I can tell. You're still steaming. I am still steaming. So I I totally get Brian Johnson's sentiment where if it's at a concert and it's like, hey, you know... If okay, let's say you're you're at a concert. First, first the the uh, how's it called? Not the headliner. The um, the opening act comes out. They do their thing. Okay, great. They play some songs, and then maybe in between sets you play a little video or something like whatever. Like, let them change the stage, and then like you know, headliner comes out and and they start with like boom, big energy kickoff song, and then maybe you do a couple one two songs get the crowd into it, and then it's. You know, you have your musical interlude. Hey, you know, so happy to see everybody tonight. You know, um, hey, something we're really passionate about is whatever, digging wells or translating Bibles or, you know, saving puppies or whatever. Um, You know, so if you think about it, throw a hashtag out there tonight, tag us at the show. um, And and, but hey, let's get back into it. Like, like it's it's okay to advertise it, but like, don't make that, don't make that the thing. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow, it's cranky. I didn't realize I was opening up that can of worms. I yeah. guess I don't know you as well as I thought I did. I apologize. <laughs> but that's good. I All I have to say is I think that I agree with you, all of it. Because I think it's fine to use your, use your stage. It's your stage. But mm-hmm. if I'm at a concert, I don't want to be sold to. Like, I don't want... I'm here to enjoy your music. I'm not here to listen to all the great things you do with your time and your money and whatever. And I don't want to be asked to contribute. Like if I follow you enough and I know you enough and you're, and you are in a very charitable person as a musician and you leverage that, then I'm going to support you because in the causes that you stand for, because I support you as a musician. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like, if I just go to your concert, I don't want to be sold to and and preached to about, charity and all that stuff yeah anyway all right so my last thing ties into someone we talked about last week and leads into our topic of the day today which um so i'll tell you so february 6th 1990 over 200 women filed court actions against chuck berry (laughs) after it was alleged that he had been secretly filming them in the toilets of the restaurant that he owned. (laughs) We don't have to dig into that any more than, than it is what it is. That's, that's a one liner, but we, we talked about Chuck Berry last week and you said, Oh, I think that's a novelty song. And that got us to thinking. And we're here today to talk a little bit about novelty songs. When I was a little bitty boy, my grandmother bought <laughs> I knew I could trust you. Toy, silver bells yeah, he, uh... hanging on a string. She told me it was my ding a ling Yeah, he yep. uh <laughs> Yeah. There you go. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's, oh goodness like, gracious. Okay, there's not there's nothing but <laughs> <laughs> No, there's nothing funny about the fact. I understand there's that. Nothing funny about recording women in the bathroom. No, 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 no. What I'm no. laughing at is just picturing the freak who's doing it, watching the tape and thinking to himself, Oh. 
<laughs> Maybe that was, I didn't know that would get the live version. <laughs> oh, that was good. Everybody's involved. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. So what is a what is a novelty song, Mr. Richell? Uh, you know, like the like in your own word, what's the what's a novelty song to you? Because you mentioned it last week, and I had never really gone down this path of novelty songs. Yeah, I kind of just threw it out because, again, we talked about we talked about my dingling. Um, we did. Yeah, and <laughs> oh man, I'm cracking myself up tonight, which is always good, as you should be. In a, it's always good uh, in a conversation based medium. Um, it is good. Be sitting here, sitting here, laughing to myself. Um, no, I called my dingling a novelty song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I get it. Uh, I get why it was popular now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and just that concept of, and and for the most part, I don't think that there's any real way to prove this, but just a song that's written to either be humorous or yeah. like capitalize on popularity. Something else we talked about yeah. um, last week was the the Music Hall of Fame in Alabama and how Clarence right. Carter was, yeah, with, with a bestroken. Like that's... Exactly. Like I don't think that there was a tremendous amount of Chris Martin-esque, you know, lyricism just really pouring my heart and soul into this song and boy i sure do hope people yeah, like no. it and i'm i'm nervous to release this to the world and you go to like your closest you know friends who will really speak truth into your life not just a bunch of yes men and you say listen i got this song and it really comes from the heart and i want you to tell me what you think yeah. about it and you hit play and it's just i'd be stroking and they're yeah, and they're yeah like, no yeah, it's man, definitely man. not like, yes. <laughs> yeah definitely not that so, so, but, so you're absolutely right. So, so the, the, the definition of a novelty song is a type of song built upon some form of novel concept, such as a gimmick, a piece of humor, or a sample of popular culture. So like, look at you, Mr. Webster over here with the definitions of novelty. What you talking about, Steven? And such. Yeah, there you go. Um, so when I say, like, when I when you think of a novelty song, like who, who do you think of? Was there a song that comes to mind other than, um, my dingling or like, is anything come to the top of your head when, when you think about novelty songs? Um, or is there like an artist or someone that you think of when you think of our novelty songs? Is there a one or two people that you think of? Not really, but I like if I think I know where you're going with this. And I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just legitimately asking you the question. Then no, nobody pops. To, okay. N- yeah. Um, no, because me neither, right? So that and that, but right. that and that's that's it, right? So so me okay. neither. And right. I was like, so then when I was looking when I was looking through and I was looking at the different novelty songs, I was like, wow, okay, I've never heard of most of these people. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like there there are a lot of, I guess you would call them one hit wonder novelty songs and whatnot. And then I started looking at like, okay, how many novelty songs have ever charted? Mm. And like, and where did they chart? And what were some of the highest charting novelty songs and so on and so forth? Interesting. And it was interesting. So like what I found, interestingly enough, were a few songs that we talked about last week on the one hit wonder list, like My Dingling, Mm. as we know it hit number one. Um, Convoy was on there, hit mm. number one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I have not, I did not, I do not see, and I have not found a novelty song to chart in the top five past 1976. Past 1976. So the, so from 1976 to today. No novelty songs that made it into the top five. That I could find. Now, I don't know. I found that to be a little interesting. But I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not spitting that as fact. I'm just saying I don't know. I don't I didn't research the whole world, but from what I could see, yeah. So the majority you... of the charting ones were in the, the late fifties 
to the kind of like the the 60s and then a few in the 70s did you said 1975 oh no that only made it to number 10 i was thinking king tut um yeah yeah and the, and so i did i did not do a tremendous amount of research on novelty songs i apologize but there's no need to apologize um Wait, Barbie, what about Barbie Girl? Would you consider that a novelty song? Oh, by ABBA? <laughs> um, I, no, I never would have thought it to be a novelty song, but now that you say it and now that I've talked about the definition, yeah, probably. Yeah. Because that's like a, com- that, that's a, com- that's a comedy song. Like it's a, it's Barbie and Ken's story. Yeah. Why did that go higher than five? Uh, no, let's see. Went to number no. one around the world. Oh, so yeah. Barbie girl. Um, they had two more number one hit singles in the UK, but failed to return to the top 10. Um, they, and so actually this is a little interesting. So Aqua is a Danish Norwegian group. Uh-huh. And... Group member Soren Rosted was inspired to write the song after he he saw a display of kitscht culture in Denmark featuring Barbie dolls. So apparently, like, oh, like that's in, interesting. In ninety six, ninety seven, apparently Barbie dolls were all the rage in Denmark. Um. Well, hey, I mean, they nailed it. I'm I gotta say. Yeah, there you go. They nailed it. But here's, so here's one that I came across that I don't know if you ever heard or not. Um, but this one made it all the way to number five in, um, I believe this was in December of, oh no, this one's August of 61. So 1961, this, this song made it all the way up to number five. Let's have a little listen. Does your chewing gum lose its flavor on the bedpost overnight? I don't remember that song. You remember it? Yeah. Oh, look at you. Yeah, that's um interesting. Lonnie Donegan. So that made it to number five. I, that's a good one. Um, another one that I that I found interesting that made it to Let's see, this one would go to number one in nineteen forty seven. Taking it way back. And let me tell you a little bit before I hear the song. So the song Smoke, Smoke, Smoke That Cigarette by Tex Williams made it to number one in August nineteen forty seven. Now, this is a song. Tex Williams was a smoker, and he was not annoyed by he wasn't annoyed by smoking or this is like a negative connotation to the song. What he was writing the song about is that he was annoyed that for a smoker, every time somebody wanted to step outside and have a cigarette, whatever they were doing had to stop. And it was just okay. And it goes, I I thought it was interesting because I felt like I could relate to this because having worked in retail banking and having worked in the restaurant industry, it's like, Hey, smokers can get, five hours worth of breaks in a day because all they do is, oh, I'm going to go out and have a cigarette. Right. And it's like, yet if I want to step outside for a second, it's like, well, I'm all, everybody's all over me for wanting to take a break off the floor for five minutes. Right. But if I just said, oh, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette, it was no problem. So this was a song that highlighted and kind of talked to how irritated he was at people walking away and everybody waiting. So I'll give you a little taste of smoke, 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 that cigarette. Smoke, 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 that cigarette. Tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate that you just hate to make him wait. <laughs> Tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate you just hate to make him wait, mm. but you're going to step outside and have a smoke. <laughs> when did that come out? So it's just like, this was 1947. <laughs> okay. Or, I mean, 1947, it was number one. Yeah. No, it, it, it that was just, 
do 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 like yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh yeah um so yeah so that was that was a couple um but i feel like oh i have a couple more if you want if you're asking i don't know hey do you have any more asking, so I Oh, sure. Yeah, I have I have a couple. I know you have a you have a couple too, right? I do. Yeah, I found a few. Okay, so I don't want to I have I have one that that I like a lot. Um, you know, and I still feel like I still sing it, but this one hit number 3 in February of 1958. It's by the Royal Teens. Who wears short shorts? Who wears short shorts? <laughs> oh, we do. We do. Yeah, so some short shorts. I still sing this anytime uh, I see somebody, you know, like a like a fella or my dad. He wears short shorts sometimes. Oh yeah. There's actually we my well he has this uh, whatever it doesn't matter, but he has uh, this. There's this pink bathing suit that is like iconic in our family that he's had since forever. And it's back in it's back when shorts were sh- short. You know, like when Larry Bird was wearing. You know, all the basketball shorts were. You know, oh, yeah. a little bit revealing. You know, revealing some of the thigh there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so there's this this bathing. So we always sing the song when my dad wears that bathing suit. We make him wear it. You know. So anyway, moving on. Um, and then the last one I have, I just want to throw out there, and I think it'll be a nice kind of segue. I want you to remember this song. I guess is what I'm saying. I want you to remember this song for next week's episode when we talk a little bit about the Grammys. I want oh. you to remember this song. Okay, I want you to remember this song. Okay, Alvin. Oh my God. Alvin. Alvin! Okay. Christmas, Christmas. Okay, you know the one. <laughs> I do. The Chipmunks, the Chipmunk song. You know it. <laughs> so the Chipmunk song went to number one in December of 1958. And that's all I'm going to say about it. We can talk about it maybe another time. Um, so anyway, that's that, that's what I have for samples of the no, of some novelty songs that I looked at. Do you have any samples that you want to talk through? Yeah, so I was trying to think of a couple, and um, there was a few that I realized um, that I was familiar with. So do you oh, – I'm going to start – Hmm. What order do I want to do these in? I'm just going to start with this one just because I think it's a very interesting, um, like, w- like why? Um, <laughs> so here we go. The boogie and hustle, dancing all night, doing the curly shuffle. Hey mo, hey mo, hey mo, hey mo, Yeah, we're doing the curly <laughs> shuffle. Of course we are. Yeah. Um, uh, that's by the Jump in the Saddle Band. Yeah, is it ever? Which came out in <laughs> 1974. Uh, let's see here. The final production by the Three Stooges was filmed in December of 1957. Good. So, like, almost 20 years later, the... <laughs> The jump in the saddle band was like, hey, you know what craze we gotta hop on? (laughs) 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 But yeah, it was like a little revival. Like, yeah, it's just I love it. Hey, you gotta get it going again. (laughs) You gotta get it going again. So yeah, the jump in the saddle band, um, the old the curly shuffle. Uh I love it. Do you do you like the three stooges? I, you know, here's the thing with the Three Stooges. I don't know um, if it this, I don't watch things. So I don't, yeah, I like the Three Stooges. I think they're funny. I appreciate their comedy, but I mean, I'm not, yeah, I like them. Okay. If you ever want to get into it, what's I. It, what's it to you? <laughs> um, bye. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you, much, much like a lot of things we've discovered. I know more about the Three Stooges than anybody needs to. So if you ever want to get oh, into it, oh, cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 talk about it. Um, yeah, we don't have to do that right now. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, in case you're wondering, Mo was the best at throwing pies. So anytime there was a pie that came flying in from off camera, it was always Mo throwing them. Um, <laughs> okay, good deal. Yeah, and uh, and Curly. 
adopted almost every dog that they worked with on set and had like a farm where he just like basically created like a, a shelter for all these like Hollywood dogs. Um, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And and it almost drove him to ruin. Um, Oh, do you know who Ray Stevens is? (laughs) Do I know who Ray Stevens is? Yes. I think there's a lot of Ray Stevenses out there. Okay, good. So I'm not going to talk about him because I realized I want to talk about him last. Um, oh, one of the reason I so okay. I have two things I want to talk about, and I uh, I don't know if it's a it is a novelty song. I just have to admit it, but it's the greatest novelty song of all time. To my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. It was a graveyard smash. <laughs> I've been working with my therapist on taking deep breaths when I feel raged. And so I'm taking deep breaths. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, if you're what not, I mean, it's the greatest novelty song of all time. Well, it's the greatest in one. your opinion, right? Yeah, no, it's the greatest holiday song of all time. So therefore, it has to be the greatest novelty song of all time. You said that like, oh, novelty songs don't go to number one. Like, what what novelty song has charted basically once every ten years and spent twenty weeks in the top forty in Australia? <laughs> The Monster Mash, apparently. Okay, well, that's good. I, I guess. Okay, yep. That's oh gosh, right. I'm no, reliving so, haunting nightmares. Yeah, and if you're if you're not sure uh, why we're like this, check out whatever episode it was when we talked about the Monster Mash, mm, um, the holiday episode. No, yeah, I forget. We've done so many of these. Um. So the, I wanted to bring up Ray Stevens, who was a. Recording oh, yes. artist. Um, you may I'm know familiar. him. Yeah, you may know him from. There he goes. Oh, yes, they call him the street. Mm-hmm. Thing on two feet. Yeah, the streak. Mm-hmm. The streak. Um, look at that, look at that. So, Ray Stevens did the streak. Um, well, he did the song. He he may have. He might have done the streak. Yeah, I don't Who know. Um, but apparently uh. this, so the noveltiness of it was when this came out, at some point in the 70s, I forget. I had it written down here. Um, it was basically like streaking was like reaching its, its popularity in like pop culture. Like in the 70s, streaking was just a <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, and so, yeah, he, uh, he was like, okay, I know how to make a, a buck or two here. Um, yeah, there it comes. That's there it like goes. They're streaking in a grocery store, right? The video is, but yeah. Like, it was this whole like news, store. like, yeah. Yeah. Like a oh fake news God. segment. And, yeah. um, I don't remember the exact line. I'm not going to like scrub the whole video for it, but it's just yeah. like, look out Ethel. But it was too late. She'd already been streaked. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. So, no, that's, that's, so the reason I wasn't sure about Ray Stevens is because I yeah. think he's similar to, and this is where I thought you, where I thought you were going earlier when you were asking, oh, okay. oh, you know, who do you, do you think of anybody? Um, I wasn't sure if you were going to say weird Al. Oh yeah. Because I think Ray Stevens and Dr. Demento kind of paved the way for Weird Al, just these kind of like weird, irreverent songs that fall outside, you know, like traditional music production. Yeah. So do you, do you know, so wait, do you know Cliff Richard? No. Okay. So I don't either. So whatever. But- um, it was just a random name I thought of. No, so, in, so an interesting thing about Weird Al, and I want I did want to talk about Weird Al, but I wasn't going there when I asked you that question, as we've determined. Um, but 
So Cliff Richard and Weird Al each have a novelty song hit to make it to the top 40 in four consecutive decades. So in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, Cliff Richard had a song make it to the top 40. Mm. And in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s, Weird Al has a song to make it into the top 40. So they're the only two that have, like in this kind of genre category, that have hits to make it into the top 40 in consecutive decades, which I thought was pretty interesting. Do you have the um, list of Do you have the list of Weird Al songs? I apologize that I, I do not. That's okay. I'd be happy to get them. I was going to try and tell me. About I was going to try and guess them. Weird Al. Oh well, let's do that in a minute, and then we can we can do that. But tell me about like you. So you're a Weird Al fan? Yeah, I th- I think so. Like, I wouldn't say I'm a super fan, but I like Weird Al. Um, I like his movie UHF. If you haven't seen that, very very good. Um, bit of a. Uh, a cult classic because it came out in 1989 and like it, it came out against um, lethal weapon two, like oh, the, the 1989 Batman ghostbusters two was still in theater is <laughs> like, Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I like weird Al. I like most of the things that he, participates in and i think he is someone else who um you can tell that his primary motivator is like having fun yeah i for sure agree with that yeah um actually his if (laughs) it'd be hard to miss if you own a roku device but he uh he released a new movie last year just called weird and it had daniel radcliffe playing a young weird owl like the start of his career and everything oh geez um and it's very good but other than his name being al yankovic i don't think that there's a single true thing in the entire movie (laughs) like (laughs) it's the whole thing is about how he's the biggest star in the world he launched madonna's career and madonna was like obsessed with him and he had this like what do you mean that's not true what are you talking about he had like this massive like like alcohol and drug problem and like the classic like burnout and like drunk fit on oh my stage gosh. oh it's great <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh so but do you want to take us do you want to take a stab at the at the four okay songs? yeah yeah so what were the decades again all right so 1980 so go ahead with that one uh that was probably eat it that was Eat It, number 12, 1984. One for one. Uh, ni- 1990. 1990. Well, those the decade. I'm not oh, telling the you decade. Um, Amish Paradise. Amish Paradise, no. 53, Amish <sighs> Paradise went to 53. What was it in the 90s? Smells Like Nirvana. Smells Like Nirvana. Oh, dang it. 35 in 1992. Okay, one for two. 2000 2000 has to be oh geez now now the fact that amish paradise didn't make it uh, i'm gonna say white and nerdy white and nerdy number nine 2006 two for three baby all right we're gonna go three for four or what are we saying i'm gonna say 2010s um Crap. I don't know. I don't know if Trapped in the Drive Through came out after 2010. Or I'm gonna say Party in the CIA. I apologize, sir. You are incorrect. Dang it. Fifty percent's not bad though. No. For I'll someone who's it. like not a weird Al fan. <laughs> uh uh Word Crimes. Oh yeah. Two thousand and fourteen. Just barely made it. So he just barely made it. He number thirty nine is where that song peaked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Some weird Al for you. Um, no, I don't know if what I, I didn't consider. Realize... Oh. oh, go ahead. No, you go. No, 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 no. I, I was kind of moving off weird Al. So if you got more weird Al, keep going. Now, I was just going to, I don't know if I consider him a novelty act though. Really? Because for a couple of reasons, one, he does. Tell me. 
He does original songs. Well, um, yeah. Not like not the parodies. Like he does. Like actually, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I don't think Word Crimes is a parody. Actually, I could be wrong on that. Um, but it like he's a parody artist, which I think is different than novelty because, like. I don't know. Maybe I'm splitting hairs here, but like the streak or the curly shuffle or like even like a my dingling, like Chuck Berry was a rock and roll performer who did this one like random out of nowhere song that yeah. and I don't know. Maybe think uh it doesn't matter. We should move on. Just no, something, it's fine. I mean, I, yeah, something, I see what you're saying, though. Yeah, something just doesn't feel right about calling him a novelty act. And maybe it's okay. be, maybe part of it is because, like, how do you call something that has, or someone that has been culturally relevant and popular for 40-plus years a novelty? But wouldn't you say that, by definition, creating songs tied to pop culture like the fact that he has adapted and written songs and parodies based on what's going on in culture at that moment has kept him relevant therefore has made him a novelty that has transcended decades I don't think by definition a novelty can transcend decades I think a novelty is something that makes like Going back to it, it's like, but, oh, this is novel, which I think just means new. Sure. Could be wrong on but that, But he's too. not. So, okay. So, so I understand what you're saying. So, he's not a novelty. Al, Weird Al is not a novelty. But his songs would be considered novelty songs because they are built upon pop culture. They're meant to be comedic and built upon pop culture. Yeah. I'll allow it. You don't have to. No, it's um, um I'm good. So word crimes word crimes is a parody of the of blurred lines by Robert. Oh, Fink. I knew that. Dang it. That's right. Um yeah. So it misuses proper English grammar. Right. Which is pretty good. Um well good. So all right, so weird weird Al, maybe a novelty, maybe not. You be the judge. But what I didn't know Yeah, you do um, the work. And for I really once. don't have yeah, right. Jeez, we're out here I like really don't ha- Googling things for 15 minutes before we hit record and like, come on. Speak for yourself. <laughs> um, what I didn't realize is like the, the so so novel, this idea of novelty songs like dates way back to like the 19th century and they were being used in like vaudeville and like all this stuff. I didn't realize that how far back it really went and how it started and then how it continued, it got like popular in the early 20th century and then continued to gain traction and got like really popular around like the world war two times Mm. where they started, like they started creating songs like about Hitler and like the U S army, like were singing songs written in in, like a novelty thing about Hitler and things like that um, on the battlefield and stuff. Like it was pretty interesting, like bit about how novelty songs played a role in, kind of the the war and everything. Um, I bet he did but, not see that coming. <laughs> no, it's Carry good. On. <laughs> and then, so one other thing that I found, I, do you know who Helen Kane is? <laughs> no, neither do I. Great. No. So Helen Kane but I was wrote like, a song. No, I'm not. No. My Stop. brain went to, do you know who Helen Keller is? Yeah, I know. I know that's where your brain went. All right. No, like, I doesn't don't know everybody? who Helen Kane is. No, so she wrote, I Want to Be Loved by You, which is a parody song. And that actually, be. I mean, not a parody, I apologize, a novelty song. It actually became the inspiration for Betty Boop. Oh. Which I did not know. So there you go. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> so do you, oh God, I can't. <laughs> Fun fact about Betty Boop, she was actually voiced by a man um, who was a baritone, and they just sped up the tape in production to make her voice high-pitched. That's so cool. It's not true. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> then that's not cool. You're such a liar. I hate you, Ron Burgundy. Um, so do you think, so here's, here's the thing. So like, then I was looking at, okay, so as I had mentioned, I had a hard time finding charting songs, novelty songs, and the popularity of novelty songs maybe started waning off a little bit. Do you mm. think that some of that is because of like, like YouTube's out there, like people can just make videos and do whatever they want. And so ev- anything can become a parody or a novelty or what have you. And you have things like Baby Shark and what did, what does the fox say, I think was one like mm-hmm. back way back when, right? Like those are technically considered novelty songs. But do you think that there is a reason that some of these, some artists aren't really coming out with novelty songs and it's more like, I guess, shifting to like the YouTube and that kind of stuff? Or do you think that, that's a, a, a not a good assessment of novelty songs on my part. No, I think that it's. I would I would make the same assumption when you first brought up that you know there hasn't been a charting novelty song since the mid seventies. Um, I de- like I definitely started thinking about that. Well, you know, is it just because it's easier to um, put it out there, but the only the only thing that gives me pause when saying, "Oh, well, YouTube is the reason," um, and I know that's not directly what you're saying, but um, yeah, like that's still a good thirty years before YouTube came out. I think YouTube debuted in right. 2006, maybe even later. Yeah, um, and I think that I don't know. I I in the 90s. And then, hmm, I wonder if it's a combination of, like, with with radio stations starting to syndicate in the 80s and 90s, where you have these media companies that own, you know, multiple stations versus, you know, every local station is is yeah. locally owned. I wonder if there was a less of a willingness to take a risk. And because I think in the in the 80s and then especially the 90s into the 2000s um I think music was becoming safer even though it was um by all you know by by definition it was becoming less quote unquote safe you you know you're getting um more profane lyrics you're you know you're you're talking about or creating songs that are a little bit more explicit and everything but i think the the concept of creating the pop star creating the 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 rap star or the rock star was more the concern versus letting the music decide kind of what was popular I don't know. I could be way off on this. Well, I mean, I I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I just think it's interesting that you see, you know, in, in history, you see like a period of time where it was so prevalent and then there seemed to be some gaps and what causes those gaps. And then is it necessarily a, you know, does current day, current state, or even go back, you know, I'd say go back 20 years to 15 years, maybe, but did this time for current state, is it because of all of the other media avenues and things that are being introduced that are ca- that are causing a sustainment in the decline in the novelty song production, you know, error, that kind of thing. So era, not error. Era. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I, I, you know, I was just thinking about it and I was like, oh, I wonder what. You know what's something what's I just the thought deal of? What's the deal with all these songs? novelty songs? Um, why, why not just make a real song? <laughs> what did you just um, think of? When you had mentioned how in the 40s and 50s, and then again, it sounds like in the 60s and 70s, you, you have the popularity of the novelty song growing. And I wonder if it's because of what was going on in the world at that time. So like you would even said yeah. during World War II, 
So we're, did novelty songs perform well because people literally just wanted to laugh? Like you're that's in the possible. middle yeah, of this point. awful war, right? Um, and then you go back even even further, like in the early 1900s. Um, I think I mentioned at one point in time, I, I stumbled upon like old recordings from like the 1900 through 1920 because a lot of those recordings are, are in the public domain now. And there's a lot of just like, I think you look back on that music sometimes and think, wow, it's so simple or like, it's like overly bubbly and cheery. And well, yeah, when you think about the fact that, you know, you, you step outside your door and walk into the great depression or you're reading in the newspaper, what's going on, you know, with World War II and then into the 60s and 70s, you know, between Korea and Vietnam and just like, you know, is is the streak what it is because it came out, you know, at the same time you're hearing about like the fall of Saigon and everything, you know what I mean? Like, um, I do. So I wonder if there was almost an, a larger appetite for um, entertainment and escape and and even think about other music at the time too like i'm just going back to the to like the 70s now where you have a lot of you know the anti establishment the protest music you've got your neil youngs and everything that are you know singing songs about something and i'm not you know bob dylan and jimi hendrix and well these songs have meaning and whatever and it's like you you can reach fatigue with that and of course you can so all of a sudden something comes along that's just fun and musically, it's fine. It's not the the greatest score ever, but you know, rhythmically, it's fine. It's all the all the notes are in the same scale, and yep. it's just this kind of funny thing to sing about. Um, and I and I wonder if the drop off post mid seventies actually has more to do with the fact that at least North America, um, saw tremendous like, um, prosperity in the eighties and through the nineties. And, you know, without getting in, I know it's more nuanced than that, but like really over the course of history, if you were living in America in the eighties and nineties for the vast majority of people, it's one of the greatest times up to that point in history that you could have lived. Um, And so it's, there's no need to escape. And so the novelty, there's not a need for that. And there's an interesting article. I didn't think about that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what maybe what got me thinking about this is there was something that I read or watched that talked about movies in the late nineties, like right at the turn of the millennium, um, that were popular and somebody was exploring why they were popular. And the two movies that I remember them talking about were the matrix and office space. And like, it, like why, why is office space so successful <laughs> as a comedy, yeah. right? Like, why is it so funny? Right. Um, and, and it's because, you know, everybody of, a certain age can relate to that just mundane experience of going in to a job that you hate with, you know, six different bosses and, you know, just working in a dysfunctional workspace. And how do you escape that? That's, that's really the core of office space is escaping the office. And then with the matrix, it, it literally one of the first scenes when you're meeting Keanu Reeves's character is him escaping the office building and becoming the one and becoming the hero. And like, if he had stayed in the office building, like movie over. And so this whole concept was that like in, in the mid to late nineties, like we had so much prosperity in America that people were sick and tired of going to jobs that afforded them a middle-class life because it was boring. Right. Yeah. Like in, in office space, none of them, none of them are complaining about like, 
oh, I don't make enough money. Like, sure, they, the whole, like, they want to, like, ooh, scam the company. But, like, none of them are living in poverty. They're not complaining about money in that no. movie almost at all from what I can remember. No. So it's like you have a, a job that, <laughs> like, affords you a lifestyle that's very comfortable but it's just so mundane that you need to escape it. And that's why those movies were popular. I think it's why in the 90s and then into, you know, the 2000s, you had the the grunge and then kind of like that early 2000s punk revival because it's like, yep. it's like I just need to rebel against something. But, but at the same time, like, what am I going to rebel against? The fact that my needs are met and I'm safe and, you know what I mean? So... I don't know. And then I think YouTube definitely took over from there. I mean, you can find a tremendous amount of entertainment and novelty songs. And I mean, even we talked about Gundam style, which is a like Psy is more or less making fun of this. I think it's like a neighborhood or it's like the Soho of Seoul, Korea or something like that, where the Gundam style is like to say, oh, somebody's very like you know, ooh, they're east side or whatever. Um, that could probably yeah. be like a novelty song. Um, That's true. Yeah, they're like fewer fewer and far between and not as prevalent. I think that they're not as popular if you're listening yeah. to Spotify or Apple Music or the radio. But if you are, I think that meme songs and novelty songs and things that are done just for fun are, are there's probably more than ever right now. I would um, agree. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. But well, hey, anyways, well, wow. I, I just got like way more philosophical than I intended to tonight. Yeah, you did. It's very unlike you. So I'm going to need you to figure out a way to insert some of your comedic relief back into this because, whew, took us to turn down Serious Street. Well, I know um, that like you just heard all of my ideas and you thought to thought to yourself, man, the unbelievable. Bye. Bye. Bowen, <laughs> my front lawn. I'm so white and nerdy Think I'm just too white and nerdy Think I'm just too white and nerdy Can't you see I'm white and nerdy Look at me, I'm white and nerdy